This podcast is brought to you by the Dunfield Retirement Residence, a casually elegant retirement community located at Young and Eglinton in the heart of Midtown Toronto. Customized living options complement your independent, active lifestyle. Learn more at thedunfield.com. That's what it sounded like in my house last night when we lit three different menorahs to mark the second night of Hanukkah. We got two as wedding presents. The biggest is from my cousin. It's a pink ceramic design shaped like the old city of Jerusalem. And speaking of menorahs, we're devoting some episodes this week to unusual Canadian Hanukkah menorahs. And this one is about an iconic blue metal moose menorah that has the candle holders in the antlers and a red bird on its back. I'm sure you've seen this design. It's on the Canadian Jewish News' social media profile. It's also on the cover of our Green Coffee Table book, published two years ago, about Canada's Jewish history. And also it's in this month's CJN magazine. But the London, Ontario-based artist who makes these blue moose menorahs has never participated in a candlelighting ceremony, even though her company's whimsical menorahs are sold at Judaica stores all across the United States, and even at the Jewish Museum in New York. I love to get the feedback afterwards or feedback from my, my stores because I, I just get into work mode. And, and so I, I lose um, kind of sight uh, around how, how, how fun they are and how much enjoyment people get out of them. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, December the 20th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily for the second day of Hanukkah. We're a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, and we're sponsored by Metropia. Nancy Clark has put the clothes for the holiday sign up on her London, Ontario workshop. All her orders of moose menorahs have been shipped out to customers. She also makes menorahs in the shape of elephants, alligators, cats, whales, and giraffes. Nancy Clark is not Jewish, but Hanukkah Judaica is a big part of her business, her company, Acme Animals, also makes Christmas ornaments and other collectibles. The Moose Menorah is marking its 20th year this year. The former owners of the company created the design back in 2002. Nancy Clark joins me now from London to talk about why it makes her happy that her art forms part of Jewish family traditions. When was the first association that you had with that blue moose? Because you've been there a long time, so let's, let's go back a little bit in time. I have to go uh, way back. So Acme Animal has been in business for over 25 years. And the original um, founders, owners, um, Sue Park and Don Gidley, uh, they started Acme Animal in uh, Toronto um, off the Danforth. They lived on Ave. That's where their studio was. And things kind of morphed into Acme Animal. Um, started in 1995. I joined them in 97 because they were going crazy, crazy insane with orders. And um, I think the first moose was produced in 2002. And it came about, um, we're not Jewish, but it came about... Sue and Don did a wholesale show in Philadelphia. It was for Handmade Craft. And they were approached at the show um, to see if they would make uh, a menorah. 
And at that time, and we still do, um, we were doing clocks and sculptures and the moose was uh, a big feature from the get-go of um, Acme. So Sue did um, a moose clock, which had a, a mountie on its back. So she's she's played with the moose quite a lot. And so her first thought was, you know, the, the moose would actually transition incredibly well into a menorah. So we, we did some research, and the very first one we shipped was 2002 to the Jewish Museum in New York City. 20 years later, it is still the best-selling menorah that I do. Yeah, it's just become kind of iconic. And, and with you guys doing the, the beautiful book and, and becoming your avatar for your social media, it's, it's, it's really great. <laughs> so what does, when you get orders for this, what, why do they like these? Because usually, as many people would know, the traditional brass ones, the, the old-fashioned, you know, very sort of synagogue type menorahs. I think because they're they're fun, they're quirky, they're whimsical. Um, people like they just make people smile. I, I think that's that's the main reason. Um, and I've I've looked at many many different um, menorahs as well, and yeah, they do range from very traditional to more playful. A lot of animals come into them, so I kind of lose sight because. Um, when I'm working in the studio, the fall is so, so busy with, um, Christmas orders and, um, Hanukkah orders as well. I kind of lose sight of how fun they are (laughs) because I'm just in full on production mode. And then I'll, I'll be emailing with my stores or I'll get an email from a grandmother that's buying one for her grandson and they'll, and then I'll always get like afterwards oh my grandson just like adores it and so I love to get the feedback are these mostly for kids who buys these I don't think it's just for kids we have I get wind of a lot of people that just collect more menorahs so yeah you do you do get people buying them for their 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 kids and their grandkids but um I just sold one locally um her to a woman that just lives a few streets away and her daughter just got married to a Jewish man and it's her first Hanukkah. And so her she wanted to give her daughter her very first menorah. So a lot of wedding gifts, actually. Um, so I, you know, I'm busy with menorahs all year round. Um, you know, crazy, crazy in the fall, but... Um, so do people buy these that are not Jewish? Mm, I'm not sure. I I could ask my stores. I yeah. I, I'm not really sure. What does it mean to you, or how do you process the fact that one of the main things of a non-Jewish business is Judaica? <laughs> yeah, you know, I I just feel when I can get out my head out of the busyness of the season, I'm just like thrilled and honored that people choose to use our menorahs as you know part of their Hanukkah celebration year after year like going on 20 20 years like that's that's really amazing have you ever been to a Hanukkah party or a lighting ceremony yourself I have not I have not maybe you could invite me to one no I what you've never been invited to a candle lighting all right guys listeners this, I mean, you live too far to come, but you can come to my house. Yeah. Listeners in London, Ontario, we need to get this done uh, this week. 
You need to invite her. Reach out to me and we will get you to a ceremony uh, at someone's home or the synagogue. Too sweet. That You've never been to one. I've never had the honor. No, no. I'm com- I'm a bit a bit upset here. Why would you like to go? What would it mean to you? Even if it's not yours that they're lighting, right? There'll be one in the someone's home or someone else's, right? Oh, I would just love to to experience um, everything about it. The lighting of the candles, to, uh, um, the food seems to be like a huge part of it. Um, it just sounds really beautiful and you know just um, about family and tradition and yeah, no, it would be amazing if someone invited me. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to take care of that. And okay. th- th- we'll move on now in our interview, but it's okay. going to happen. If it's not this year, it'll be soon because that's not right. If it's next year, I'll even bring a menorah. <laughs> I don't have any, I don't, my studio is completely empty. Like today is actually my official last day in the studio for the season. That's a good thing. That means they're all making money and you're going to go and have a rest. How long does it take to produce a menorah? Um, you know, it's really, it's hard for me to say because I don't, I don't do one at a time. So I'll have, um, multiple orders. So I might have seven moose on the go and five cats and, you know, four clocks and a whole bunch of ornaments. So the process is, so all the pieces start flat metal and they're sanded and drilled and bent and assembled with it's called cold joining uh, with rivets and then there's a base coat like a primer that goes on and then there's many layers of other paint that go on and then there's the detail work and then a clear coat which is a varnish that goes over top so there's many many stages and it's more efficient for me to do many pieces at once so it's hard for me to answer that question. <laughs> all right. When do you start making them per, or it's an all year round thing and you just have inventory, right? Oh, I don't even, if I can build inventory, I'm, I'm lucky. It starts off with more um, clock orders. And then by the summer, I'm starting to gear into menorahs. And if, if I can get ahead, I'm really lucky. Like I, I'm, I'm just pretty much orders come in and I start making. Yeah, it's. It's a bit crazy. Had you ever, besides the businesses, uh, did you ever grow up meeting Jewish kids or meeting Jewish families and, and understanding the importance of the holiday? A little bit. I shared a studio with um, a potter. I used to be a potter, and I shared a studio in Toronto with um, a woman that was Jewish. Yeah, this was, was I doing Acme at the time? I think I had just started working in Acme and we probably weren't doing menorahs at that point. Yeah. What do you make of the rise in anti-Semitism that's been going on, you know, with Kanye West and some of this terrible, the shooting in the Tree of Life? Are you at all personally touched by these things when, because you're making Judaica for stores that are in these synagogues, right? And in the museums. That's a hard question. It's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's traumatizing. Um, to watch what is happening around the world, but specifically in the States. And it, it feels like things are moving backwards. It's a really emotional question. It's, it's just, it's devastating. It's, it's honestly, it's devastating to, to, to watch it. I wonder if your menorahs have a role to play in bringing light this holiday more so than ever. And this is a leading question. You don't have to take that bait if it's not, feel, if you don't feel it. I think so. I, I saw that in COVID too. I didn't know... 
I, I, I didn't know what to expect um, during COVID and I, and, and also the turn in politics in the States with, with Trump. And I, I didn't know how that was going to affect um, my business because 95% of my business is in the States. And, and I, I didn't notice, I actually, there was an, 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 an increase in sales. And I think because the menorahs bring so much joy to people you know, there there was still a need and a want to bring happiness into into their lives. And in when there's there's so many when there's dark days, like the, when there's really dark days, yeah. So I guess that speaks to the to the light, yeah. Can you tell me where the coolest place? I mean, besides the New York Jewish Museum, which is pretty cool, are there other uh, places where your work, uh, the Jewish Judaica, is sold that is meaningful or interesting? Um, so, in the states, I have um, there's National American Jewish History Museum in Philly. I got that wrong. Um, there's Shalom House in California. There's Kobo. I forget where they are. They're in Maine. And in Canada, anywhere in that we could get them except on online or is it also you can just walk into a gift shop? And I don't it? have many stores in Canada anymore. Um, there's Frantic Farms in um, in Warkworth, Ontario. And no Jews live there. It's well, OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although Jeannie Becker has a cottage near there. So she has focused. She has showcased her um, Moose Menorah on Instagram. Uh, and then in London, Ontario, I have a small store here, Curiosities, that has started carrying them. But um, really, I only have a handful. I need to just quickly ask you before we wrap up. There's a new toy, you know, like the whole elf on the shelf, which is this big sort of uh, trend that was a few years ago. And now we found there's a moose menorah. It's called menchonthebench.com and it's called Mitzvah Moose. And I wonder, you've seen a picture of it, right? I have, yeah. So it's this box and it has a blue moose. It's got the little antlers with the candelabra. Do you think they stole it from you? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I, there's... There's lots of room in the world for blue mooses. I don't. I don't think so. It's super cute. Yeah, and you know what? If our if our blue moose inspired it, like that's that's fabulous. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia, Integrity, Community, Quality, and Customer Care. Today's listener shoutout goes to Lynn Herzeg in Montreal. We put a link to Nancy Clark's menorah website in our show notes, and we're hoping to arrange for somebody in London to invite her to light the candles later this week, so I'll keep you posted. Meanwhile, I'm sure you all have your own favorite stories about which menorahs you like to light, and I would love to hear about them and see them. So write to me at ebessner at thecjn.ca. Even send me a photo. I've already posted mine on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening. The Dunfield Retirement Residence offers customized living options to complement your independent, active lifestyle. Welcome home. Welcome to the Dunfield. Visit us at thedunfield.com to book a personal tour.